Well, hello, everyone. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into a part number two of the series entitled, Can We All Get Along? And today's subtitle is, Why Is It Hard to Love? Boy, this is a deep subject, and I cannot wait to get into the entire message with you. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can find this message as well as the entire series. And remember, if you have a Roku device, look us up in the channel store. Just search for Kingdom Rock TV and you'll find us right there. And probably even this message is there in the form of video. So check it out today. All right, without any further ado, here comes the message entitled, Why is it so hard to love? Right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Why is it hard to love? We're going to look at that. Uh, someone would say, well, it's hard to love people because they're just selfish. They're just selfish. Some people are untrustworthy and it's hard to love untrustworthy people. Some people are just mean and nasty and hateful and it's just so hard to love them. And uh, some people really just don't want your love. They just don't want to be loved. They don't want your love. Well, there can be a number of reasons why this is so, but I'm going to give you three reasons that the Lord has given me to give you today, and we're going to discuss them today. Number one is uh, they or we don't really know what we want. You're going to find it difficult to be in a relationship with somebody and they don't know whether they want to be with you or not. You don't know what you want. It's, it's, it's difficult to to, to love someone that doesn't know. Uh, secondly, uh, love can be out of balance and, and come from a wrong source, which will make it difficult to love. We'll talk about that today as well. And also, uh, people can carry a corrupt atmosphere. We're gonna talk about that as well, I pray today. And uh, knowing these things, we'll figure out um, how to better love each other and really how to love ourselves. So the first one thing we're going to talk about today, uh, again, is people don't know what they really want. So this, we can also talk about this as far as our yearly goals as well. Um, where does your X mark the spot? Or do you have an X? But before we get that, yes, we need to go back and go back into some of the series notes. Uh, remember, we're going to be praying uh, the church vision during this fast of love, teach, engage, and proclaim. Uh, that's what we're going to be doing during the fast. So I pray that you are uh, praying that in your prayer time uh, to love, teach, engage and proclaim. Secondly, we also have a prayer of unity. We need to bring back and uh, pray that together. We're going to bring that on the screen for you. The prayer of unity says this. And you, you guys ready to pray with me? Yes. Heavenly Father, help us to see and destroy the spirit of division in the body of Christ to yield ourselves completely to your will to flow in and with your Holy Spirit, to become all that we were meant to be, to be rather to make an impact in our generation for Christ, to become a church without walls, adorned for the day of your coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Now, uh, before we get into the reasons, we also need to give you, I'm going to expand your confession list expand your uh, confession list and we're going to do five more confessions uh, remember these are confessions that you need to be saying every single day 
every single day, especially during this time of fast, uh, fasting. You already have the 10 you received on last week, and here are five more. And this is what they say. The first one is, I walk in the light as Father God is in the light. I have fellowship with him and he with me. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses me from all sin. First John 1, 7. Second one is, I have been given power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. Luke 10, 19. Number three, I lay hands on the sick and they recover. Mark 6, 16, 18. Number four, I am an overcomer and the greater one lives in me. 1 John 5, 4 and 1 John 4, 4. And the fifth one, I am divinely protected from all evil, and no plague shall come near my home. Psalm 91 and 10. So you need to be confessing these things. Remember, the world does a great job, we can say, at telling you what you're not and what you can't do. We need to speak against that flow and declare what God says about us, what God says about our families, what God says about our lives. Amen? And it's not so much, listen, some people ask me, you know, and I've even prayed this prayer. Sister Joy, I've even prayed this prayer. Uh, Lord, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Why is this happening? Why? I mean, what's going on? What am I doing wrong? What have I started doing that I need to stop doing? What is it? Anybody ever prayed that, pray that prayer before? And this one particular time, the Lord said to me, it's not what you, it's not what you're doing, but what you're not doing what you're not doing. You haven't been praying like you, should, like, like you should have. You haven't been getting the word. You haven't been quoting that word, declaring what he said over your life. So sometimes it's not what you are doing, but what you're not, what you stopped doing. And we should have continued. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, many times, and even after this fast is complete, it's good for you to have um, intermittent fasting all throughout the year. There's that pin drop again. There's that pin drop again. But again, why is it hard uh, to love or why is it hard to be loved? Number one, let's talk about where the X marks the spot. Let's talk about um, it's hard for sometimes for us to love people uh, because we don't know. They don't know what they want. And sometimes we don't know what we want. So I want you to consider your purpose and where you are going in this new season. Consider your purpose and where you are going in this new season. Where does X mark the spot? Uh, I want you to be specific when you write these things down. You're going to have to, here's another action for you this week. You're going to have to write these things down. Say with me, I will write it down. Online community, you're going to have to write it down. You have to write it down. We are a people that don't like to write things down. We like to keep it up in our heads. But let me tell you, a, a short pencil is better than a long memory any day. Amen. Write it down. When you get it down on paper, it solidifies it, okay? You're gonna have to write it down. What are your purposes and what are your goals for this new season? Number one, you have to write a plan for yourself. Write a plan for your family, write a plan for your finances, your ministry, your career, etc. Write a plan. Where does X mark the spot? If you say, I have no, I don't have a plan, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's why life goes in circles. That's why life goes in circles. Unless you have a plan, unless you write it down. What are your personal goals? You want to read more this year? What are your fitness goals? I mean, all these things, you need to write these things down. It don't have to be a long list. 
but you need to write something down. You, the, an X must mark the spot. Are you hearing? Unless you do that. Circles, here you go. Circles, here we go. Remember, we gave you the, the, gave you the example of a family that wants to go on vacation. Let's say it's a family of uh, five, and uh, they all said, okay, we're going to go on vacation. Great. Where are we going to go? I don't know. You're not going to go anywhere until you decide where does X mark the spot. You have to determine the X, and you have to be specific. If you don't know the X, if you don't have the X, then you won't know what, when, where, who, how, or how much. If you say you're on a vacation uh, in Temple, Georgia, well, okay, that, that would take far less money, I mean, wrap the road, than it would for you if you said I'm on a vacation in Jamaica. Now we know where, and I know it's going to take me a lot more money into vacation in Jamaica than it is five minutes up the street. Right? But if you don't, don't know the X, if you don't have the, where the X marks the spot, how will you know how to plan? Make sense? You've got to have an X. So once you know the X, then you can determine uh, what you will need to be, what you will need to know and what you will need to do. Let me say that again. Once you know your ex, then you'll be able to determine what you need to be, what you need to know, and what you need to do. You have to determine the be, know, and the do. Now, the ex uh, can also be defined as the seat of your innermost desires. X can also be defined as the seat of your innermost desires. What really makes you tick? What wakes you up in the morning and what keeps you up at night? Think about that for a second. What wakes you up in the morning or keeps you up late at night? Some would say, well, Pastor, I know that. It's my worries. Oh, I'm up all night long just a worrying, just a worrying all night long. I can't get a wink of sleep without worrying about old so-and-so. Well, understand something. Your worries are a good indicator of what your desires are. Because worry is fear that your desire won't come to pass. Somebody's hearing that. Worry is fear that your desire won't come to pass. So if you're constantly worrying about a particular thing, your desire is there as well. But you say, well, you know what? Uh, I, know I, I know I get up in the morning and I can't go sleep at night because I see a vision. God has told me something. He has told me something. And a thing I'm telling you, just, it's like fire in me. Well, that tells me that you, or that you have become obsessed. And obsession is not a bad word. That means you've seen something and you want it to come to pass. Now, both your worries and visions or dreams must, also, must all uh, be acted upon in order to reach a point of satisfaction. You're going to have to act upon it. Unless you act upon those worries, you're going to continue to worry. Unless you act upon those dreams, you're going to continue. It will continue to be just a dream. Somebody's got to move. Does that make sense to you? Now, if you would allow the father to, grab a hold of this. If you allow the father to, he wants to shape your desire. He wants to shape your dreams. God wants to give you an X. He wants to lead you and govern. He wants to lead and govern your desires. God wants to lead and govern your desires. Now, when he gives you these dreams, when he gives you these visions, 
he will do it. You'll find, you'll find that he will do it through his spirit. His spirit will begin to lead you into truth. Let's look at this. John 16, verse, um, 16, verse um, 12 through 14. Look at this. It says, I, I have yet, the Lord Jesus says, I have yet many things to say to you, say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into what? All truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, uh, that shall he speak. And he shall show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it to you. Now, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will show you truth. Well, what does that have to do with disaster? Uh, not disaster, Lord Jesus. <laughs> desire. Somebody's got to be praying for me out there. What does truth have to do with desire? Well, understand something. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Truth is his word. And if you have his word, you also have his will. His word is his will. And his will is his, his word is his desire. His will is his desire. You with me? Truth leads you to his word. His word leads you to his will, and his will is his desire. In the beginning, when the father spoke, he released himself because he is also the word. He released himself he released his word and listen he only spoke what was in his will he only spoke what he desired to come to pass can somebody get that can we go there so when God gives you his truth when he gives you his word he's also giving you his desire when God shares you shares with you truth He's also giving you his word, and his word is his will, and his will is his desire. You will find that inside of his word, inside of his truth, is desire. You're going to say that with, uh, say that with me. Truth leads you to desire. Now, when God gives you a desire, he will always meet the desire. Always meet the desire. When he gives you truth, a word, he reveals you his will, he will meet that desire. Now let's look at another something else. Uh, Psalm 37, uh, verse, uh, verse number three through five. You know this very well. Psalm 37, verses three through five. This is what it says. It says, delight in the Lord and do good. So shalt, so shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Let's read verse four together. Ready? Let's go. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Verse 5, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Understand, this is, talks about a life that is wrapped around the Lord, wrapped up, tied up, tangled in Jesus. Hallelujah. And as you spend more time with him, he will feed you desires. He will give you his word and feed you desires. Now, if this be so, if this be so, that truth leads to his word and his word leads to his will and his will leads to desire or his truth is desire, then I should find some evidence of this in the word of God where his word has gone forth, his truth has gone forth, and it created a desire in someone. Can we find that? Absolutely. There's a man called Abram, right? Abram, who later the Lord renamed to what? Abraham, right? He and his wife were very old. I mean, they were very old. I'm not sure exactly at the, at the point of time when the Lord gave them a word 
God told him, of course, you know, later on, 70s and then 100 years old when the, when the child fully, uh, when, it, when the promise um, came to pass. But when the word came to Abraham, they were already past childbearing age. I cannot imagine a 70-year-old woman and uh, maybe a, an 80-year-old man sitting around on the sofa saying, Honey, I desire us to have a baby. I can I can see a 20 couples in their 20s or 30s are saying this thing you hear me maybe maybe 40s maybe lord help us hallelujah jesus <laughs> but in the 70s and 80s sitting around eating uh, eating something watching tv and saying let's have a baby mo I can't see that. Can you see that happen, Jean Diane? No, ain't no. Jean Diane been married now for over 50 years. I don't think they're sitting at home and I'm thinking about, let's have a baby. <laughs> uh, grandchildren is in the mix, right? Grandchildren. So I don't believe they had a desire for a child. But when God spoke to them, then a desire came. Does that make sense? Uh, we think about the think about the man of God, Gideon. Gideon was afraid with all his people because they were under uh, they were constantly under attacks against I believe uh, against possibly the Midianites I believe, and uh, God found him there, or he Gideon uh, heard from the Lord, or had a vision from an angel as he was hiding there in the wine press, hiding, hiding. I bet you he did not have a desire to go and save the whole people. I'm going to rally an army and I'm going to save my people. I don't think he had a desire to do that. He was afraid. But when he had a word, when he heard a word, then he had a desire. And we see later on, of course, he was instrumental. God used him in delivering, in delivering the people as one of the judges there. Uh, when brother Saul, who later became Paul, when Saul was tormenting the people of God, tormenting the church, he didn't have a desire to grow the church. He was persecuting the church. He had a desire to take the church out, round us all up and all of that. He did not have a desire to preach the gospel until he heard a word. And his whole world changed. One word from the Lord can change your desire. And I can honestly say, when I was growing up, I had no desire to be a preacher. I had no desire to pastor. No desire to pastor. I loved the Lord, and I didn't know what it meant to be saved. I mean, the young lady in my high school, when I was a, maybe a senior, asked me, Mark, are you saved? I said, what in the world are you talking about? What is that? I had not a clue. Now, I go to church from time to time, praise the Lord, but I didn't know what it, I didn't know what that meant until I was uh, 19 years old and I gave my life to the Lord and things radically changed, radically changed. And here I am and here you are, praise the Lord. A word from the Lord can shape your desire, can shape your destiny. Are you hearing that? But it's going to become difficult for us to love others when, they're, when they don't know what they want. You don't know what you want. It's difficult. It's as, it is as if you take someone to, um, uh, to the clothing store and say to them, you know what? Uh, you can buy whatever you want in this store. And 30 minutes later, they're still looking. And uh, it's closing time, and they're still looking. Come back the next day, and they're still looking. Next week, and they are still looking. 
I'm going to get mighty impatient. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's kind of hard to give to somebody when they don't know what they want. Love gives. Love gives. Does that make sense? So you've got to know what you want and you've got to help them to decide uh, because, again, you can't help someone to go somewhere when they don't know where they're going. Where does X mark the spot? Secondly, I want to uh, tell you about this. Let's go to uh, Mark, Mark 12, Mark 12. Let's look at verses uh, 30 and 31. Listen to how this reads here. It says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this. And it says, and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Now, the Lord says here that we have to love God. Now, the word love here in the Greek is agapao. This is the Greek word for the word love in this context, in this verse. Okay? Not agape. Of course, another different Greek word, but this is agapao. Can you say agapao? Y'all are so smart. I'm telling you. Now this talks about, as it's, as it's talking about persons, it means to welcome, to entertain, to be fond of, to love dearly. To love dearly. If it's talking about, if the word is used in context of things, it's talking about um, to be well pleased, uh, to be contented with Rather to be um, to be contented at or with a thing, so we can say here is talking about a person. God wants us to love Him dearly. That is with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. That sounds almost impossible in human standards. Are you with me? Now. Second reason why it's hard for us to love others, why it's hard for us to love ourselves or be loved, is because we have love out of balance. Love is out of balance. What am I talking about? Love is out of balance and it also uh, has a wrong source. We're going to talk about that. What is love out of balance? Well, what's the way people uh, normally say that we love each other? Many parents say, I love my children, my children are my world. Husband, you know, hey, you're over there, yeah, but my children. And, uh, you know, I'll do anything. I have nothing wrong. I have children myself. I love my son. There he is right there. Praise God. But love that's in balance always places God first. You will love the Lord thy God first. And then it goes on down, and we'll see this. And it says, and you will love your neighbor as you love yourself. So what's the order of love? God, self, and others. When love is out of balance, when love is out of balance, it becomes difficult to love. Are you hearing me? Love, self, or rather God, self, and others. Now, unless you do it this way, Unless you love God first, you know, he's the one, and we'll see this in scripture, he's the one that gives us the love in the first place. He's the one who pours out his love in the first place. He does not want you to love him with your human love because your human love will run out. 
Let's look, at, let's look at this one. John 13, verses uh, 34 through 35. Are y'all still with me today? As we begin to close out shortly. Jesus speaking here. He says, a new commandment I give you that ye love what? One another. Here's a big word. What's that next word? As. He said that you love one another. Say as. I as I have loved you that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if you have love, what? One to another. Now this also sounds impossible. That I have to love you the way Jesus loved me. He says as, and the word as can be defined as um, according as or just as, even as, in proportion as, in the degree that. So we are to love each other even as Christ loved us. How did Jesus demonstrate his love? Through self-sacrifice. Make sense? Now that's a lot of love. First of all, we are commanded to love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength. Then I should love my neighbor as I love myself. And then I should love you the way, even as in direct proportion, just like Christ loved me. That's a lot of love, which sounds impossible until you look at Romans, the fifth chapter. Let's go to Romans five. Are y'all with me today? Still hang with me. Hang with me now. Anybody get anything out of this today? Romans 5 says this, and don't you don't ever forget this, or the, or, or the whole love commandment is lost unless you understand this. Romans 5, verse 4 and 6 out of the New Living Translation says this. Verse 4, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Verse 5, and this hope will not lead to what? Disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Look at the verse. Let's read that very next phrase together. Ready? Let's go. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. God has given you his Holy Spirit to do what? To fill your hearts with his love. Say with me. My heart has been filled with his love. Verse six says, uh, when, you, when we were uh, utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. God fills our hearts with his love. This is how we love him. Because listen, I'm here again, human love is fickle. Fickle, fickle, fickle. It loves you now, it can hate you later. Uh, the, the, the crowd is fickle, brother. It's fickle. They'll say, oh, you're great today. Next day they say, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. One minute you love me. Oh, I love you so much. And the next minute, I can't stand him. The same lips that said, I love you. I can't do without you. Now taking somebody to divorce court. I can't get no talking here. Talking here. Human love is fickle. This is why the father said, I want to pour my love out in you, fill you with my love. And then we love God with his love. His love will never fail. His love will never run out. We love God with his love and we love ourselves with his love. 
Because tomorrow, your opinion can change about you. You can be your own worst critic. And because you won't forgive yourself, you make it hard for others. Hallelujah. So say with me, I will love God, myself, and my neighbors with the love of God. If you marry, your spouse will appreciate that. If you have children or grandchildren, they will appreciate that. You're pouring your love out over them. If you have neighbors, I'm sure you do. We're your neighbors, hi neighbor. Won't you be my neighbor? Are you hearing me? Last reason that we're gonna cut out here. The reason why some are, it's difficult for to us to love some and difficult for us to love ourselves because we're in corrupt atmospheres. Now understand this, and this is a crucial point, and I got to get this to you. What happens when you try to love others and they, and they don't love you back? Uh, why can't we get along with them? Uh, why is it hard to love? The answer, you'll find a lot of this is in uh, these following seven questions. Grab a hold of this, seven questions. I think you have these on your notes. First one is, do people historically find it difficult uh, to get along with you? Now, it's just you and I talking, right? Especially those of you that are at home, you can make a note of this and you can write yes or no on your own paper. Be honest! Hallelujah. Do people historically, not last week, not last night, historically, over time, do people historically find it difficult to get along with you? Number two, do you find that no matter what church, job, social group uh, you're involved in, there is always someone who has it in for you? Three, do you feel that people seem to always treat you unfairly? Four, do you find them always rude to you? Five, are people always the problem? Never you. Six, are you a perfectionist? Seven, has more than one person commented to you that you seem to look down on others or that you think you're better than other people? Hmm, if your answer is yes to even more, to, to one or more of these questions, then please listen to what I have to say to you. You could be involved in what's known as a, you could be the victim, we could say, of what's known as the mirror effect. Why people, uh, why are you having so difficult time with other people, the mirror effect? This is when people respond to and act in line with the broadcast that you are sending out. You're sending it out. I just want to love them. And they keep on doing this and that to me. What they're picking up on broadcast. Broadcast like this. Here are five sounds or here are five broadcasts that they could be picking up on. Number one, I have a problem or an issue with me and you should too. Secondly, I secretly hold contempt toward other people. Contempt means a feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration, is worthless. Do you secretly think that people are worthless? Three, I expect others to act unjustly and it's just a matter of time before you, before you will too. 
You got a chip on your shoulder. And so people treat you. You're sending out that broadcast. For I'm, I'm afraid, angry, and bitter. So watch out. You're broadcasting that. You're broadcasting the five. I've been hurt, so I don't trust people. You are untrustworthy. Now these are signals, these are samples of signals that we can be putting out, putting out these waves. You've seen someone come into a room or they, they may look um, depressed or they may look afraid. They're not saying a word, but you can pick up on it. Or some people that may come in, hmm. Hmm. And you know they stuck up and snooty and all. They haven't said a word, but they're putting out airs. They're putting out airs. They're broadcasting. Broadcasting. And if you've been hurt and you haven't dealt with the hurt, you're broadcasting. You're broadcasting. Let me give you an example. Uh, let me give you an example. I told you last week or the week before that... Um, the Lord really had to deal with me and deliver me from all of this um, hate stuff going on now. I told you, I felt like, hey, they're going to shoot me too. They've been shooting a lot of black people in the news. Hey, they're going to shoot me too. And all this stuff, please going to pull me over too. And all that stuff. So I had, the Lord had to really deal with me, Gene, and get that off of me. Get that off of me. And, uh, you know, so we can send out these sort of signals, send out fear. And fear is an attractor. You can attract things to you. Thank God I don't have that fear anymore, but you understand what I'm saying. You can attract things to you by what's in you. Yes. Now, many times, these broadcast signals, they can be coming from you or they can be coming from your associations. Now, I'm trying to wrap this up. They can be coming from your associations, all right? Let's say you don't smoke, right? But if you hang around people that do smoke, you'll begin to smell just like them. You didn't hold it up to your mouth. You didn't puff or you didn't, uh, I forgot what's, but some, but you didn't inhale or <laughs> whatever, whatever it was. You know, you didn't do it, but because you're around them, it got on you. Anybody ever gone to a convenience store before and the convenience store was full of smoke and you came out in the convenience store and you smelled just like the smoke? You didn't do it, but you're around those that did. By the same token, those with nasty attitudes, hateful and ornery and all, always argumentative, you hang around them and that same atmosphere gets on you. And because it's on you, you take it around other people and they think that you are like that. Just like the same thing with the cigarettes. They think you smell like it, so you must. Here, you need a light? You must do this because you smell like this. Now, those same fumes can be on you. Not, here again, not just talking about the cigarette thing, but the, if you hang around those that always keep up mess and junk, you'll begin to smell like it. You begin to smell like them. And people will treat you differently based on the environment that you came out of. Let me wrap this up. I got to wrap this up. I'm really trying to wrap this up. I believe the Lord's giving me a little grace. 
If you look at these two scriptures, we won't get them both today. In the book of Exodus, they're on the screen, but we won't read them. Exodus, the people began to treat Moses differently. When he came down the mountain, his face shined. It glowed because of the environment that he came out of. He came out of the presence of the Lord, and you could see a difference on him. So we can see this thing negatively, but also see it positively. If you stay in the presence of the Lord, you get with God, and then you will carry that atmosphere around with you, and you make it a lot easier for people to love you, for those that love God, that is. But for those that hate God, they're going to begin to hate you too. But that's okay. You hate my daddy, you might as well hate me too. Are you hearing? By the same token, the disciples in Acts, the fourth chapter, Acts 4, verses 13 through 14, uh, they were called into question here, and the people realized, hey, you guys are ignorant and unlearned, but we perceive that you have been with Jesus. You've been in his presence. You've been in the atmosphere, and we see Jesus on you and in you, and he's around you. We need to get in the presence of God, change atmospheres. If you go in places and you're always, if people are always uh, treating you a certain way and you know you've been hanging in these negative atmospheres, begin to declare the word of God, be begin to declare the opposite. I am loved. I am loved. As you go in, I am loved, I am respected, and I respect others. I am honest. If you keep going into convenience stores, and you feel like somebody's always looking at you. Who's looking at me? I ain't gonna steal nothing. Why are they looking at me? Why are they looking at me? Begin to declare, I am loved, I am honest, I am trustworthy. Begin to declare that in the atmosphere. Begin to switch those signals. Are you hearing? I pray for the word of God today. We'll stop there in Jesus' my name. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. 